Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. And hello, welcome in, Wednesday edition of the program, glad to be with you today, and Indiana loses a tough one on the road, Trace Jackson Davis shows he is a human being, he is not a superhero, he did not have a tremendous game last night as he's had, I don't know, it seems like 10, 12 more in a row uh, for this Indiana team and the Hoosiers fall. There was much more though than TJD and his lack of performance last night defensively, this Indiana team I thought seemed to be off. Uh, rebounding. Uh, Michigan State just simply beat the Hoosiers to the boards. And I didn't realize the exact exact shooting stat until Justin Kalen, the producer, told me this. But Michigan State, 10 of 21 from behind the three-point line last night. I, I knew they hit a lot, but 10 of 21 is an unbelievable uh, clip from the uh, long-range situation there. So Indiana falls on the road, and uh, not the end of the world, but definitely showing this Indiana team, while improved and while I think they are a good ball club, they can be beat. And in the Big Ten Conference, you know that playing on the road is tough, and now this team gets to look forward to Purdue coming to Assembly Hall, a Purdue team that they beat uh, just a few weeks ago, a Purdue team that's had some lumps and ups and downs. But one thing you know is that the Boilermakers will be ready when they come to Assembly Hall for a battle on Saturday. Welcome into the show. Glad Games to have you Mackey, with Matt. Oh, excuse me. I'm all out of it today. I fell asleep during the second half last night as well, Justin, <laughs> so you may have to help me on a few things here. But uh, I got you. Nonetheless, uh, welcome into our show. Let's take a look at the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one here in just a few moments, we'll take a look at the news and headlines of the day. We'll recap some key points from that game last night. And again, we'll talk about why the Hoosiers took a loss on the road. And also, I want to say this while I'm thinking about it. I know it'll come up again, but a very emotional game, uh, a really, I don't want to say neat because there's nothing good about it, but a, a special setting and a good feeling to see Indiana's players wear the Spartan strong warm-up tops or hoodies, whatever you want to call them, with the Indiana and Michigan State logos. And to see Tom Izzo before the game, I mean, he is Michigan State in so many different ways. Uh, you could tell this has greatly affected him, and I'm sure everybody on campus. So you never want to see Indiana lose if you're a Hoosier fan. But uh, last night, I, I thought for so many different reasons, was going to be tough for Indiana. And uh, definitely the emotional level 
of that arena and of that team playing at home for the first time since that tragic shooting with uh, three dead and I think five maybe still in the hospital. Just a terrible situation, but that that adds obviously to it, uh, to a, a, a neat environment, to special environment after that tragedy for uh, Michigan State, their players and coaches and the fans and lots of, I thought, pans of the crowd last night and the students and you could see that even though their team was playing pretty good basketball, they were just a little off. And obviously, uh, that's the case when you go through something. I can't even imagine uh, being a, a player, a student on that campus. But uh, we'll talk about the game last night here in the opening segment. A lot of high school action on Tuesday night as well. So we'll recap some of that. I had a chance to see Jack Benner again this season. He was really good at New Albany last night. Had 37 points uh, as the Brownstown used a good second half to beat New Albany. But we'll recap some other good games as well last night. And uh, later in the show, we'll be joined by Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. We'll talk more about last night's contest and start to turn the page at some point to the Purdue matchup coming up on Saturday. And then later in the hour, Josh Cook, the sports editor of the News and Tribune, he will jump on with us as we'll start to look ahead. Two teams in Harrison County in the state championship this weekend, uh, Lanesville in 1A, Corden in 3A. We'll talk about that with Josh. And also we will take a look at the final weekend, the final really Friday night is it for most teams, but the final week of high school basketball because a week from today, a week from yesterday, we will be in the beginning stages of the state tournament for this season, and that is excited to think about what is ahead over the next number of weeks. A lot of great basketball, I think, will be played here in southern Indiana, so we'll start to preview all that with Josh Cook when he joins us a little bit later today. That's the lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Get your text in as well. I think we've already got a couple of them on the Thornton's text line. That number is 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. At Thornton's right now, you can get a free sausage, egg, and cheese biscuit, a bacon, egg, and cheese croissant, or a steak and egg burrito, and any fountain drink, tea, or fizz freeze, or 20-ounce bottled soda when you become a new Refreshing Rewards member. Simply download the app and register today for Refreshing Rewards so you can earn your free breakfast on Thornton's. I know that a lot of you want to sound off about this Indiana team. Uh, feel free to text us about last night. Text us your thoughts for the weekend, 502-414-1450. In fact, I'll read uh, the first text we have. Uh, texter says, if I was Woody, I'd just sit out TJD and Jalen hood Shafino Saturday against Purdue because they are exhausted. Take the loss rest them and be ready for the final two home games and be ready for a tournament run. I know they won't since it's Purdue, but why not rest them so they don't get beaten up anymore on Saturday? Justin, I get the thought there, but no chance that happens. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No, Trace Jackson Davis or Jalen Huchafino, neither of them would let that happen. Yeah, absolutely, but I get the thought and they do look beat up and they do look exhausted, but I think that's kind of par for the course at this point of the college basketball season but love to get your thoughts all of them and uh, we'll get them on the air today or if you've got questions for Dustin he's got great 
takes on this Indiana team, you can send them to 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. All right, last night, uh, Trace Jackson Davis. He looked tired. I agree with the texter. Uh, Not his typical self for sure. Michigan State probably had a little bit to do with that. I don't think there's any question with that. But still, even, even saying that, Jackson Davis, 19 points, 8 of 13 from the field, 3 of 6 from the free throw line as uh, Indiana got something from Trace, just maybe not normally what you expect to get from him and the way that he delivers it as well. Uh, he also had 7 rebounds last night for this Indiana team and uh, 5 assists. So we're talking about Trace being fatigued and tired and not looking himself and maybe having a little bit of an off game and pinning some of the loss maybe on him, but obviously still with a pretty good stat line. A lot of people would be thrilled with that. I don't think there's any question with that. But that's one of the things from last night. I thought watching in the first half that Indiana's defense started pretty good, looked pretty good out of the gate, but it seemed to collapse quickly last night. And then I thought rebounding also a uh, issue as well. Of course, Michigan State's hot three-point shooting was also a big deciding factor uh, in the case in the game last night as well, uh, as they were ten of twenty-one. Again, ten of twenty-one from behind the three-point arc. This Michigan State team, I know they've not had a tremendous year. They've had, I guess, a solid year when you look at Coach Izzo and the standard. That he has set there, it's probably you know not one of his better years. I know occasionally they've you know, maybe what a couple of years ago they were on the bubble. I think they ended up making the NCAA tournament, but uh, definitely a team with potential and just a tough matchup for Indiana. And uh, the Breslin Center has always been tough for Indiana. It seems over the years, Indiana does not have a history of having a lot of success there. And then uh, I know Trace Jackson Davis. Um, I was going through his stat line and telling you what he did do well. He also had. Seven turnovers as well. That kind of detracts from all the other successes that he did have uh, in the stat line last night. A couple high school basketball notes that I want to mention. Providence got back on the winning path with a 73-37 blowout victory over New Washington. I wasn't there, but it sounds like the Providence defense was back and focused last night. Defense is what that team is going to need to ride if they're going to beat Brownstown in the sectional. And uh, I think they've got a great chance, if they could do that, to get back to the state championship. But even though they've got some great scores and run a good offense, defense I think is going to be key for this Providence team. That was their last regular season game last night. Providence finishes with a regular season record of 18-4. and Casey Kalen with 21 points to lead a pretty balanced attack last night. Also, freshman, I don't know if we mention him or not, but Elijah Fuller Tucker. He had double figures last night, 11 points, able to get a lot of playing time. I know in games I've seen him, some of the bigger games on the Providence schedule. He's gotten into the game, the varsity game, but he also plays a lot of JV minutes as well. But he is a freshman to put on your watch list here in the area. Definitely somebody to watch. He's big. He's developing. You can tell that he has a bright future under Ryan Miller at Providence. So kind of neat to see what he can do in the tournament as a freshman, getting a lot of experience this season for this Providence team. But they were winners 73-37 last night. Also, I tell you what, New Albany looked okay in the first half of play. It was a narrow lead for Brownstown. Jack Benner had a, hit a three-pointer at the buzzer, which made it just a little bit more of a push. I think it was a 3.4-point lead for Brownstown at the halftime intermission. 
Second half was a different story. Brownstown outscored New Albany 14-8 in the third period and then a whopping 23-11 advantage for the Braves in the final period as they go on to win 67-45. Interestingly enough, Brownstown, who were all thinking ahead to that matchup with Providence that could take place in the sectional semifinal round, Brownstown 18-4 in the regular season as well. Benner last night had 37 points to lead Brownstown. Uh, you can tell he obviously has a great shot, uh, very athletic. Uh, seems like a good get, seems like a fit for Purdue for sure in their system. But uh, just a junior, he's got another year left at Brownstown, so they will be very tough again next season. Always a good program in Southern Indiana basketball. For the Bulldogs last night, I thought Jeremy Rose had a good game. He had 20 points, he hit a number of threes. And another player to mention, somebody to watch, sophomore Chris Lampkins, he was inserted into the starting lineup for Jim Shannon's club last night. I think it's the first time he has started this season. Uh, He's got potential. Eight points last night. I believe all eight of them came in the first half of play. He was a transfer in the offseason from Jeffersonville to New Albany. And so a sophomore to watch at New Albany. I think he's got a bright future for the Bulldogs as well. New Albany, of course, one more game left. They are 9-12 and on the season, by the way. One more game left. In the regular season, they will take on Bloomington North at home on Friday. And I'm hearing from all kind of people that are coming back, players, coaches, friends, family of uh, Jim Shannon for his final game at the Doghouse. And we'll have more on that Friday. I believe Coach Shannon is going to join us to reminisce a little bit on our Friday program uh, heading into that last home game where he's been so good. The program has been so good at home especially. Uh, there's no question about that. Uh, but uh, obviously it'll be, a, it'll be a weird deal Friday to see him march out for the last time. And a tough Bloomington North team coming to town. It will be a tough uh, uh, game for New Albany to try to get a victory to close out the season. Uh, also the 73 state championship team as well. They'll be there on Friday night for a little anniversary, so it'll be neat to see some of those guys. And we'll be on the air around 7.15 Friday night. We'll have that broadcast from the doghouse. Also last night, I was curious how this one would go. Just thinking ahead about local sectionals, can Christian Academy put a week together? Can they win the 1A sectional at West Washington? They had a big, big challenge last night. They took on a really good South Spencer team who's a 2A team, a potential opponent of Providence or Brownstown in the regional round, I believe, is where they would meet up, or maybe it's the semi-state with the new format. Uh, But South Spencer got the win 74-40, to and South Spencer now 20-1 and on the season. Uh, Christian Academy got 14 points from Joshua Renfro, also from David Cook as well. He had 14 as Christian Academy finishes the regular season at 16-6. and So the Warriors are a threat. They could win that 1A sectional, but boy, they had a tough opponent last night in a really good South Spencer team, that is for sure. That's a look at our headlines for this Wednesday edition of the program. Don't forget to get your text in on the Thornton's text line, that number 5 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Another texter writes in, I have two points. First, I think Bates and Geronimo is really not where you would think they would be at this point of their careers. We are in trouble if we are depending on them. Second point, if Xavier Johnson returns and takes over Bates' minutes and gives the team 10, 12 points, 3, 4 assists per game with what the rest of the team is now, we could really be strong 
in March. I agree with that. Absolutely, I agree with that message. Uh, Xavier Johnson could help. Tamar Bates is struggling. There's no question about that. So thank you, John, for the message. And another texter writes in, wouldn't mind seeing Leal play a few more minutes the way Bates has been playing. Also, Banks looks better than Geronimo, in my opinion, lately. One rebound from race, just one rebound from race. Thompson last night really hurt. And I agree with uh, all three of those points, uh, Texter. Thank you very much as well. As we head to break, I ran into a guy last night at the New Albany game uh, that always wants to talk high school basketball with me. He lives in New Albany. Uh, he and his family over the years, big backers of the Bulldogs, and he wanted me to give him a shout out. So, John Appel, I wanted to say hello to you and thank you for listening to the Hoosier Report and all of our high school coverage each and every day. It's always a joy to see you at those New Albany games, and you sure have been a loyal supporter of, of the Bulldogs over the years and, and your family as well. So, thank you for listening. We'll head to a commercial break. We're back with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday show. Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. If you want to sound off on the game last night or you've got a question for Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, who is with us on Wednesdays as we talk IU basketball and more here in this segment. Dustin, it was a really tough situation for the Hoosiers last night, uh, even before the game began, just an emotional environment. And I really can't imagine uh, being Tom Izzo going through that situation and given what's transpired and the tragedy on that campus. And I know the ESPN broadcasters referred to this a few times last night, but all the pressure that must have been on his shoulders to help lead his team to a victory and to maybe for just a few minutes some normalcy on that campus that Michigan State and their basketball team has experienced over the years, and that's been so many wins there at the Breslin Center. But just a tough deal, obviously a terrible tragedy and a really tough situation for Indiana to enter last night. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it's um, it, it, unfortunately we've seen too many of these in the past. I mean, they, over the last fifteen, twenty years, I covered a baseball game at Virginia Tech uh, a few about a week after uh, you know the massacre there, and about what was it, two thousand seven, two thousand eight. I mean, they're starting; they all start to run together. Uh, at this point, there's just been exactly you know entirely too many you know tragedies like this, and. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, obviously this was, it, 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 this is, it befell Michigan State, and obviously Tom Izzo has been there for so many years, and become such a, um, you know, I don't know, fatherly figure is the word, but I mean, it was obvious that, that he was somebody that people were looking up to there, and, and obviously they've been through, you know, other things, um, you know, other tough scenarios uh, with, with, with other stuff that's going on throughout the years, obviously the, um, uh, what, what was his name, the 
um, Larry Nasser was on on campus. That's that's a different sort of tragedy, but mm-hmm. also a tragedy that came to to Michigan State's campus. So they've had stuff to deal with, and obviously Tom Izzo has been in positions where he's had to um, step, you know, sort of step up in those circumstances, different kind of circumstances that are you know just trying circumstances before. Um, and it seems like he's he obviously just done a good, good job of just trying to rally people together. And it's obviously just a, a difficult thing to try to just understand why something like that is, is, could happen, how it could happen, just the senselessness uh, of all of it. And, and just the fear that, that happens when you're, you know, your entire campus, uh, you know, is locked down and everybody is hiding somewhere, you know, for a day and everybody trying to process that. Um, so, you know, little things like this, obviously to help uh, get back to normal to to some extent. I mean, I think uh, that's my, it's going to stick with people that were that were there, and, and there were I know I know there were students um, that were at Michigan State's campus that were also at the high school shooting in Michigan a, a few years ago. Um, I cannot remember the recruit who it, it, whose life it claimed. Um, so you know, these are obviously sort of you know rolling tragedies at this point, and it's sort of just I think building on on it for not just you know Michigan State's campus, but for the country. Um, but uh, no, I mean I think obviously he certainly has sort of stepped up to you know say the right things and and, and as best he can try to to lead the campus forward. And and you know obviously then that I think there is some level of pressure to you know when you come back. Uh, to playing sports again and to doing normal things again, to do it at a high level so that it feels normal, so that it doesn't feel like something has permanently changed and that Michigan State, State can get back to being Michigan State. Um, you know, obviously, there's, there's no replacement lives lost and whatnot, but um, you know, just feeling like the, that, that campus can feel safe again and feel normal again and can hold big events and not be concerned about something happening. Um, so uh, for, for that matter, I guess this is one of those events that pushes that in that direction. And you got you know, a really inspired uh, outing. Um, you know, from from his guys. I mean, again, unfortunately, we've seen enough after tragedy games at this point that there's like a trend, right? You can see that either you know teams step up and 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 do something wild, or you can see the level of exhaustion, the emotional exhaustion, and that gets to them. Uh, so it obviously helped that they had you know players that were just on one. You know, last night Tyson Walker was on one, uh, and AJ Harvard was two. Um, so that obviously becomes a, a tough scenario for Indiana to walk in. But I mean, I think the you know, more important to what you do with the game, obviously, is showing. Showing support and make sure that that you are showing, got, you know the, uh, you know the, the, those people that you're behind them. And as I, I, as I understand it, you know Tom Izzo came in and thanked Mike Woodson uh, at, at you know, to start the press conference by saying Mike checked in on him that day, you know, and uh, yeah, I, 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 as far as I know, you know Indiana players have been pretty uh, out there with that. Trace Jackson Davis in particular, you know, just sort of making sure that everybody understood their sympathies. Um, you know, and, and uh, I imagine that a lot of other schools are going to do this, but, you know, just even wearing the warm-up shirts with Michigan State on them, um, you know, those sorts of things. There's just so support uh, of a campus that's reeling right now. Absolutely. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star, my guest, talking about Indiana's loss last night at Michigan State. Let's let's get into the defense for a moment. Uh, I thought to start the game, it was good. Obviously, Indiana had a nice start to the game, built a little bit of a lead, and then defense seemed to go away. It didn't seem to be as effective. Maybe it collapsed is the word that some have used. Your, your takeaways on Indiana's defense from start to finish last night. Yeah, I, mean, I thought a couple things. I mean, one, I thought Tyson Walker just made shots. Uh, I think that's part of it. I mean, there were a couple that were, uh, you know, I thought well defended that he just faded back and found a way to create space out of nothing uh, and, and made shots and just, you know, kind of flung it up there, put a whole bunch of arc on it on there, and it, you know, just fell and found the rim. Um, so that's something. I, mean, I, I, I think in particular, I, I, the thing about it is when somebody starts making shots and everything else becomes difficult to cover. Uh, when, when you have somebody who's on that last night, then everything becomes a little bit scrambled. Um, and I think, 
you know, one thing that really stood out to me was the the, the degree to which they they really attacked Trace Jackson Davis off the ball screens, um, and it was sort of a situation where if Trace can like block you. You know, he's instead of being able to kind of like shift over, get in front of a guy, and stop him at the point of attack, he was kind of riding guys down the stretch and hoping to get a block at the rim. And they were able to kind of use their bodies to kind of keep him just far enough away and get the get their sort of hooks and lands over him. Um, and I thought they were very effective. Obviously, AJ Hoggard was in particular very effective in that, and he's got the kind of body for it. Which he's got he's got a kind of thicker guard's body, uh, and he was sort of able to protect the ball around you know his on his left or his right side, just kind of keeping uh, Jackson Davis on his hip and, and get some buckets that way. Um, and so I think that is something that needs to be that, that Jackson Davis has to improve. Obviously, I think he's become a better defender overall. He's certainly become an, a, an exceptional rim protector, um, but especially at the next level, as, as we, we spend so much time talking about Trace in the context of the NBA, uh, that's something that he's got to be able to do. Uh, he can't be in a situation where he's got to ride guys all the way down the side of the, the paint. Um, he's got to be able to defend in ball screens, especially with the size that he is. You know, being six nine as opposed to six eleven, seven foot, something like that. Uh, for him to be a really effective defender at the next level, you know, that, that's what Bam Adebayo does really well is, is just making sure that you're, you're you're not even getting downhill against him. Um, and Trace Jackson Davis, I think you you want to be that guy at the next level that you can you know if, if you're going to be a smaller big at the next level, you want to be really good in pick and roll defense. Um, and I think that's something that he's got to be it, it, he's got to be better at. He, he can't get beat like be like that. I uh, was always able to get some blocks that way, um, you know, just by riding guys and timing it right. Um, but you know that, that you can get burned. I, I think trying that. I think there was just too many occasions where you saw that kind of happen, and I don't know that Indiana ever really adjusted uh, for that. And they just kept running the ball screen with Soko up top, and either Walker or Hoggle was coming around the side and, and, and getting it way too easy. I thought, and I think that's really where you saw the defense break down. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. I, I thought it was closer to four minutes. I'm reading Zach Osterman's story uh, from the Star here in front of me. He said it was just over three. But nonetheless, your thoughts on Coach Woodson pulling Trace Jackson Davis with three-plus minutes left in the game. I mean, you think back to Bob Knight stretching out games and all the things that can be done to foul and try to extend. It was almost like Coach Woodson in some ways, uh, I guess, maybe waved a, a white flag and said, I never rest this guy. Uh, this isn't going our mm-hmm. way, and I'm going to pull him out here and get him some rest at the end. Any thoughts on that? That was a little different maybe. I've seen some criticisms, but then again today uh, you see criticisms of coaches and players for everything uh, in good and bad mm-hmm. performances. So your 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 thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I, I, absolutely. I mean, I, I definitely saw it that way of, of Stephen to wave the white flag a little bit early. But I, but again, I, and I do think that's driven by the fact that that this guy has played an absurd amount of minutes. And and, and, it, and it's it, oddly enough, I mean, I think you can make literally the opposite criticism uh, for him this year that you made uh, that, that people not not you but, but people made a year ago. I and mean, I think obviously they spent a lot of time sort of uh, haggling over the fact that he stuck with continued to do an NBA style. Uh, shifts first and second unit for a longer time, and he's dramatically shortened the rotation this year. And it's really seven guys, and the, 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 the sixth and seventh are not playing a lot of minutes. I mean, Trey still played 35 last night, and I mean, it's like okay, like I, like while I'm talking, I'm going to call up a game log or, or game logs to see you know just just how many minutes he's playing. But I know it's a crazy number. I mean, like how many times do you see him? Uh, playing fewer than 35 minutes, and he's got guys who can at least nominally play the five. I know Duncan hasn't been healthy, but you know Malik Reno can at least hang in there. But I mean, I, I think there are guys that he certainly expected uh, to be more trustworthy this year that he hasn't felt the same amount of trust in. So he's uh, really ridden, ridden trace. I mean, let's, let's call this up here. I mean, where are we at? He's got to be. 
you know, 35, 30, going backwards, 35, 37, 39, 40, 39, 39, 33, 39, 39, 35, 33, 40. The last time he played fewer than 30 minutes was Kansas. You know, that's December, that's December 17th. So since Big Ten, Big Ten play in January, he has not played fewer than 33 minutes. And a lot of those he's played upwards of 37. Um, so, I, don't, I mean, I'll be honest, they weren't coming back. I mean, they just weren't. You know, we, we can we can dance around that as long as you want, but ultimately they weren't coming back. Um, how much did those three minutes give them a breather? I don't know. Probably, maybe not much. But, you know, I think there there are some questions that, that he needs to ask himself going down the stretch. I mean, they, they can't win if this guy's not performing at an extremely high level. Um, and it is a situation of, okay, like, are you going to wear this guy out for the purpose of seeding? Like, you got to get in. You know, I don't know that you can say for certain that you are a lock yet. Um, but you know that you are starting to see, I think the wear and tear. Um, and I think, you know, looking back at 2013, um, you know, I think that's, that, that's the thing I think that a lot of people miss, um, about that team and why it lost. I mean, I think they're entirely too much gets put on Kareem for a lack for strategy against, you know, Syracuse's zone. And I don't, I never thought that was the issue. It's more, I, I think he absolutely knows how to run against his zone and that zone. I think his team was tired. And I think there are some questions that you got to ask about, okay, if this is your guy and, and, and ultimately, you know, you are only going as far as this guy can take you, you know, you cannot get anywhere if this guy doesn't perform at a high level. Uh, at, a, at a certain point, when are you putting too much tread on the tires for him to be able to really take you anywhere in the tournament? Um, so I, I, I think, I mean, I understand that it's an odd place to do it and it feels like waving the white flag. Um, but I think he has to ask himself that question going forward. I think he's got to get this guy a breath. I mean, that's a huge minute load for a college player. Um, and, you know, again, he's been really, really effective, and I get it. Um, he's taken them pretty far. They, you know, again, they, they've got to get across the line. They've got to get in the tournament. They've got to get a healthy seat to have a shot at it. Um, but I think there are some things that he's, he's got to do just to not completely wear this guy out so they don't get the, the tournament and just crash. Dustin, building up on your point there with Trace, and I know that I've said this and other people like you that join this show have said this as well, even in Indiana's best moments here over the last month or so, uh, so much of their success is about Trace, not just as scoring, rebounding, blocks, but also just as overall leadership, that uh, the concern is there. Last night, I think, was a small example of that, that if he does have an off game, and really he had seven turnovers, still 19 points and still a number of rebounds. I know he didn't, I don't think he blocked a shot last night, if I'm correct. That might be the first time <clears throat> that's happened all season. But um, if that, if he does have a true off game, and guess what people do, or if somebody has <clears throat> a really good scheme on him that he can't figure out and the coaches can't help him with at least enough to really uh, change the game, is Indiana too reliant in so many ways on Trace Jackson Davis? I think that's got to be a concern as you start to think about the tournaments coming up, the Big Ten and the NCAA. Yeah, 100%. I mean, no doubt about it. I mean, certainly, uh, you know, this, in terms of um, guys that you can see stepping up and taking over, uh, that they are lacking there. I mean, I, I think this is the most – I don't want to say this is the most top-heavy team I've seen uh, in Indiana on some way, but I mean, like Trace obviously has gotten better and better to the point that he can do this uh, on his own. But yeah, I mean, like, like especially um, if, if Jalen Hutchinson has a tough night there, and you know, even when Trace is playing well, uh, they're having tough games. And so, basically, if you imagine a scenario where Trace is off, you need Jalen to be out of just just out of control, good because after that. You know, there are guys that can, 
contribute, but there there are no guys that dictate. You know, um, from from that point forward, that, that dictate anything. Um, at, at really, I mean, like, you know, I, I think you know, on some level, it's been good that you know, no one is kind of expecting more of Miller. Copton is there. Um, you know, he's doing small things. I think to get his own shot, but also more like he's not going to you know hit crossover back step threes. If you're getting him a three, you're getting him in the offense. You know, he, he the ball has to be moved. He has to move without the ball, and it's catch and shoot, and that's it. And, you know, you're like, you can't imagine a series like, well, if Miller Cobb is shooting 46.8% from three, maybe he needs to, take, needs to take 10 threes a game. I mean, like, he doesn't have that in him. you got to be able to, you know, hit crossover step backs to do that, and that's not Miller Cobb's game. And so, like, I mean, I, I, so I'm not saying they should change anything there. He should just continue being who he is. Um, and I think there's, there's a, there, there's a you know go to score somewhere in Tamar Bates that we haven't seen yet. You know there, there's more production to be had from Jordan Geronimo. There's more production to be had from Malik Renew. Um, but it's not happening right now. Um, you know it, it might take another off season, whatever it's going to be. You know these aren't guys that you can rely on as go to scorers right now. Um, and so uh, and Trey Galloway is Trey Galloway, and I think obviously he's stepped up and become a much better player. The fact that he's you know 50 percent from three is great. Um, but you know is he a guy that can just decide he's getting you 20? He's not. You know, he's not going to be able to do that. You're not going to be able to say, hey, you know, it's not Trace's day. You know, Trey, I need 25 from you today. <laughs> like, that's not something that's in the cards. So, uh, so ultimately, um, if someone can really take Trace out of the game entirely, um, and that's hard to do because, I mean, even, you know, he, like, he can find guys. He's become such a better passer. And so even if, uh, you know, you're double teaming effectively. He can usually burn you in some way and give you a chance. Uh, you know, basically that, that, that he can set up enough other guys that they can get points, whether they're getting their own, um, per se, you know, is immaterial. They could get points that way. Um, so, so he's still valuable that way. But if you truly confound Trace that he's not able to even make plays off the pass, uh, then yeah, there's not enough firepower on this team. Um, there just isn't. There, there's, there's not enough guys that can get their own um, and score effectively. You know, right now, you know, the, the one guy who can really get his own shot uh, and really create his own offense is Hushifino. Uh, you know, Bates can do it sometimes, but not enough. Um, and you know, ultimately, that's it. If, if Trace has a bad game, Trace Jalen has to have an awesome game. Uh, and, and score like 20, 25, 30 to win. And so, you know, if, if he has, if he has a bad shooting night and Trace gets gets tripped up. Yeah, there's you, you got no chance of winning that night. Absolutely. So, so ultimately, yes. <laughs> Absolutely, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star with us Wednesdays. Dustin, thanks. Uh, postseason's going to be here before you know it, and uh, big Purdue game coming up. We didn't even have time to get to that. We're up against a break, but some interesting uh, moments ahead, some interesting weeks ahead for this team. Thank you very much. For sure. Thanks so much for having me. All right. A couple other texts here on the Thornton's text line. Uh, new texter says, blame any player you wish, but that doesn't seem fair to me that players take such heat. Why not give Tom Izzo credit for being a wizard with talented players? The man is hard to beat. I agree. I guess you're talking about uh, maybe us saying that Trace had an off game or maybe some of the other text messages in the first segment where they mentioned uh, Bates and uh, I forget who else for some not great play recently or last night. But Tom Izzo is a wizard. I think that's a great way to describe him. And uh, just look at what he's been able to do so very consistently at Michigan State. Uh, He is definitely hard to beat. So I agree with that part of your text for sure. And then uh, Texter says, we are so dependent on Davis. 
I really don't even want to think about next year without him. I agree. That's common sense, obvious, uh, no question about it. I think that Indiana will be very active. And I know yesterday, I think, with Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier, I know we're in the middle of the season and we're all thinking about what's up uh, with Purdue and the tournament and everything else. But it is interesting to think ahead to what the offseason would be like. And I do expect Indiana like most other college basketball teams, to be very active in the transfer portal, primarily to find help to replace Trace Jackson Davis and Race Thompson. I know Malik Bernou and others are are there and in-house, but uh, I think Indiana's got to be very aggressive in the transfer portal now that everybody knows uh, Trace does not plan to return, will not return, is what he said on Saturday uh, to Indiana for next season. We'll head to a commercial break. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is next. Next, oh, so much local stuff to talk about as well. We'll get to the final week of high school basketball here in Southern Indiana. Sectionals next week, girls' state finals with two Harrison County schools this weekend. We'll cover it all next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You f***ed it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, we're back here on this Wednesday program. Thornton's text line open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Love to get more interaction on the high school stuff and the local stuff. So if you've got a question for Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, who's going to join us here in just a second, fire it in to me right now on the Thornton's text line. And we've got a text here. Do you know if New Albany will be selling tickets at the door Friday? Yes, I believe is the answer. I think that there will be a good crowd. It's senior night. It's 1973 anniversary night. A lot of team members, I believe, are expected back for that. And, of course, to me, the major thing that evening is after 25 years, Jim Shannon, his final game in the doghouse at New Albany. And I think that will bring in a lot of uh, additional people as well. So I think it could get really crowded. I think you'll see a lot of New Albany people maybe that haven't been out since COVID or been around as much uh, here lately since the Romeo years come out to support Coach Shannon. Uh, But, yeah, I would get there early. Tickets, I do believe, are for sale at the door. But you can check with the athletic office to confirm that. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Along those lines, Josh, Jim Shannon and the Doghouse, the finale coming up on Friday night. It's going to be weird. Yeah, it is going to be weird. And, uh, you know, as you said, hopefully there's a a big crowd. You know, there's a lot of uh, of stuff going on, as you said, senior night and the – 73 teams going to be honored so you know plenty of reasons to uh plenty of reasons to come out and uh support support uh coach shannon and the bulldogs so hopefully there's a big crowd uh but yeah it's going to be weird to have to see uh, jim on the sidelines uh next year but uh you know things things change and uh you know unfortunately uh that's that's just the way it is sometimes but yeah 25 years incredible run by him uh you know 
state championship and, and Indiana All-Stars, Mr. Basketball. So, you know, he's, he's had a great run there at New Albany. So uh, hopefully everybody will come out and, uh, you know, just show him some love on his final home game. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, my guest. A lot of the things we talk about you can read about in the News and Tribune sports section and at newsandtribune.com slash sports. Josh, the final week of the regular season, there are a handful of interesting games. I think Floyd Central is the only team tonight with a Wednesday game. They take on Columbus East to close out Hoosier Hills Conference play for this season. What's ahead this week that you're excited about? Yeah, a few games on Friday night. Obviously, uh, the, the big one, uh, one with the most interest probably, is that uh, Bloomington North at New Albany game on Friday night. Uh, but there's there's uh, a couple more games on Friday night. One is uh, Rock Creek and Clarksville, uh, which is intriguing just because um, you know both teams could play could play spoiler in their sectional. Uh, you know, Clarksville plays Providence in that in the first round game at Southwestern, so. You know, and uh, Rock Creek plays Christian Academy in a first-round game at West Washington. So both of those teams, uh, although they have uh, sub-500 records, they definitely could could uh, you know have a chance to upset a, uh, a team with a winning record in the first round, and, and maybe even make some noise further in their sectional. So you know that that's what I'm looking at. And then Jeff closes out its regular season at Castle, so that's another one too. Jeff, um, you know, coming off. Uh, another win last, a big win last night at Madison. You know, really getting some uh, some momentum going uh, as they head into the postseason, and they'll have uh, they'll have a week off before they play again in the uh, sectional semifinals. So that that's another one I'm looking at because you know Jeff is one of those teams that that uh, you know they 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 could turn around and win that sectional next week uh, at Seymour. So that that um, you know that's another one I'm looking at. Josh, I want to get to the boys' tournament, boys' sectionals with you here in just a moment. But before we do that, got to talk about Lanesville and Corden and girls' state championship games this weekend. Can you handicap that? Can you tell us maybe who's the favorite or not the favorite in their respective games? Man, incredible run by both of those teams. I tell you what, that's great. Uh, you know, great for Harrison County, great for those schools. Uh, I would definitely say Lanesville is the favorite in, in Class A. You know, going in as the as an number one ranked team, they've only lost a couple times this year, and one of those was uh, was to Corden. So, you know, I uh, I haven't uh, I don't know if I've seen been able to see Lanesville play this season, but I know I've, I've heard they've got a really good defense, and uh, you know that they've got plenty of girls who can score. So, um, I would definitely say they're the favorite. And then in Class Three A, I'm I'm not sure that I might say that game's a toss up. I don't know because the team. Uh, Corden obviously beat the number five team, Indian Creek, in the uh, in the semi-state, uh, coming from down south, and then the team from up north, Fairfield. They actually beat the uh, the number one ranked team, Twin Lakes, handed them their first loss of the season uh, in the semi-state final up there. So uh, I I figure that game's toss up, but heck, you've come this far, and anything can happen. Uh, you know, if if uh, uh, Ava Weber has has had a great season for Corden, and, and she's carried. Well, not, not carry, but you know she's she's had a big load uh, this season for them, and, and if she can keep that up, and if she can get hot, man, she can she can definitely lead the Panthers to the state title. All right, boys, sectionals next week. We don't have a lot of time, so I'll frame it this way: What sectional are you most excited to be at? Uh, I don't care Tuesday, Friday, Saturday. Which one stands out to you? And I know that's a tough question. Yeah, it definitely is, but 
you know, I definitely have to say the uh, Southwestern Class 2A sectional just because there's there's three ranked teams, Providence, uh, Brownstown, and, and Southwestern, and then you've got, uh, what, five teams with at least 15 wins <laughs> uh, heading into this week, so they may even get probably more than that. Uh, I know that at least three of them won last night, so... Yeah, that's the one I would definitely uh, want, want to be at, especially on that Friday night semifinal if, if Providence and Brownstown are able to win their first-round games for that for that big showdown in the, uh, the semifinals. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it couldn't be in the uh, in, in the finals, but, uh, you know, it is what it is just because of the draw. So that is definitely the one I'd like to be at. And then the Class A one at uh, West Washington might be a close second because there's I think that should be really competitive, too. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it's not a board anymore. But you know, West Washington has got a got a nice gym, so that that should be an interesting one with uh, Rock Creek Board and and uh, Christian Academy. So uh, those are the those are the two I'd really want to look at. Uh, just uh, you know, just to be a fan and just kind of take in those because I think they'll they'll be some really basketball. Um, you know, that but the game of the game of the uh, section will, will have to be. Uh, Providence and Brownstown, if they both win their first round games on next Friday night in the semifinals, that's the that's the that's the ticket you wanna you wanna have. That's for sure. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thank you. Great time of year is here. Appreciate your input all season long, and we'll continue through the tournament. Sounds great, Matt. Thanks so much. Have a great day. That's going to wrap up things for this Wednesday edition of the program. Thank you for all the text on the Thornton's text line today. And don't forget, if you missed the live show, you can always find us as a podcast. We're available wherever you listen to podcasts. All you got to do is search for the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you will find us there. A couple people have asked our plan next Tuesday. We've got IU basketball, so we hope to be at that New Albany Floyd Central game on a sister station. We're working on that now. And then next Friday night to start the evening at Seymour for the Jeffersonville game and then flip to Southwestern and have a potential Providence and Brownstown game on that Friday night. And, of course, back to Seymour for a championship game, potentially involving two local schools uh, if uh, they can advance through the bracket on Saturday. So that's an early look at sectional uh, broadcast plans for us here on the Big X. Have a great Wednesday. Back with you tomorrow at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.